Welcome to The Naked Truth, real talk about West Coast Swing. My name is Eric, and after a short hiatus to process everything that's currently going on, I'm back with some new episodes and special programming. In the wake of the coronavirus pandemic, it seemed kind of odd to release episodes as usual. I mean, nothing about what we're experiencing and the way we're living now is usual. So I scrapped my plan, I took some time for myself, some time to help our newly adopted cat adjust to our new home, and think about what to do with this podcast. This podcast is about connecting people, highlighting issues affecting our community, and supporting our community. So I wanted to use this platform to share stories of what people are experiencing, how people are responding, and hopefully by sharing these stories, help people who need it. So over the next few weeks, I will be sharing interviews with different people with that exact aim. To be honest, it's been hard to come back to this podcast. I don't know why exactly. I've had the interviews for this episode done, and I was actually going to do another episode before this, and I didn't. I think it's been hard for me to stay motivated right now, like I've kind of shut down a bit, plus my job has been draining my energy more than usual. But anyway, I finally got this episode together, and I'll be back to releasing new episodes on Wednesdays, as usual. Next week, I will share my own reflections on this whole situation and what it means for our dance, as well as a couple of conversations I had with others about their views on the long-term impact of this outbreak on our community. I'm working on lining up other conversations to help us process, cope, adapt, and manage through this period. And I want to share your stories, too. I would love to hear your own experiences, what you're going through, how you are feeling, how you are handling the situation, and how you are staying connected to the dance and inspired to dance. Or not, if that's how you're feeling. I will compile some different perspectives for an upcoming episode. So please share your story with me. You can call me and leave me a voice message on my Google Voice account at 1-510-545-3173, or write to me by going to thenakedtruthwcs.com slash COVID. That's the naked truth WCS.com slash C O V I D. Or by messaging me through Facebook. Whether you leave a voicemail or send me a message, please tell me your name, your location, what your situation is, how you're feeling, and how you're managing your relationship with dance during this period. Hopefully hearing others' stories will help us all feel a little more connected and less alone during this time, and maybe help us find new ways to cope and adapt. One of the groups in our community most affected by the outbreak are our professionals, whose livelihoods depend on events, classes, performances, and private lessons. When events were being canceled and social distancing began, many of our professionals were put in stressful situations, financially, but also emotionally and psychologically. I wanted to reach out and hear what they're going through, but also use this podcast as a way of highlighting some of the online learning opportunities they're offering with the hope of supporting them through this difficult time. In this episode, I share three conversations with professionals who are adapting to the situation and offering dancers different learning opportunities. First up is Chantel Pianetta. Chantel is both a champion West Coast swing dancer and a principal ballerina with Menlo Ballet in the San Francisco Bay Area of California. Between ballet seasons, she travels all over the world teaching and performing West Coast Swing with her partner Dylan Luther, with whom she placed fifth in both the NASD Tour and Showcase Division at the Open Swing Dance Championships. 
As of 2019, Chantel has also partnered with Christopher Dumond in the Classic Division, finaling at the Open with their debut routine, Bury a Friend. Additionally, Chantel teaches weekly at my former dance home in San Francisco, Mission City Swing, and regularly at other dances around Northern California. She is available for private lessons, video coaching, and live group classes on Westie Pro. And starting a few weeks ago, she started an online beginner ballet class, which she offers every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific time. I attended the first one, and I thought it was very well done and very helpful for my dancing. So I wanted to ask Chantel about how she's handling the outbreak and the classes that she's offering online. Here now is my conversation with Chantel Pianetta. Chantel Pianetta, welcome to The Naked Truth. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me and all of the public health crisis that we're currently living through. Yeah. Hi, Eric. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me on. For sure. How are you doing with all that's happening? Well, I'm doing a little better now uh, than I was about a week and a half ago. Mm. Um, my life has changed a lot, but I'm settling in to this new type of work. But at first, uh, everything felt like dominoes uh, tipping over in terms of like how our old life was uh, going to events most weekends, teaching in person, performing. Uh, about a week and a half ago, uh, when the Bay Area uh, locked down for us, uh, everything changed. And now we're in this new online world. Yeah. What was mm-hmm. the hardest part about things shutting down? Was it the, the loss of income? Was that the hardest part? Is it the change in lifestyle? Is it the lack of just being able to do what you love doing, all of the above? What were some of the factors that really hit you hardest? Um, I think that as in the beginning, there were challenges that concerned me a lot, more so dependent on the unknowns of what lied ahead in the Mm. future in terms of the fact that we didn't know if it was going to be days or weeks or months and everything was changing very quickly. Like literally like each day there would be a new type of measure in place that restricted us in a different way. Like first it was no more large groups and then it was, limiting it to very small groups. And then businesses started shutting down restaurants, bars. And now, now we are uh, recommended to stay in our homes and only go out for, for essential needs like grocery stores or banks or hospital visits and such. So at first when this all happening, it it felt kind of like a, a waterfall of changes. And then I was also very concerned about, uh, my my income, my jobs disappearing, literally, um, about a week and a half ago, uh, I was supposed to start my spring ballet season. Mm-hmm. And then one evening, I got a letter from my director saying, oh, our spring season is now canceled. Um, and so that that's a huge domino and the source of income for 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 me and it fell and that was very scary in the moment. And then I also teach at a uh, ballet school, Menlo Park Academy of Dance, and they were still holding classes at the time. So I was like, well, if I still have that, then I'll be okay. And then maybe a 
at the same time, certain events, like I remember I was going to go to Chicago classic. I was hired for that event. And then I get the message that that canceled and then uh, all these other ones canceled to give angels. And like, so all of my future West coast swing jobs had also fallen through. And so it was, um, kind of scary. And then eventually my, my studio did close down as well. So suddenly like I had no income stream coming in and I had like looked to my bank accounts and like, Oh, like thinking to myself, Oh no, like, like how, how much have I saved? How can I like allocate my resources correctly and like pay rent and like all these things that, that I hadn't thought about before in terms of like, what if it, uh, having a crisis like this, I have some savings, but it's like, not knowing how long this is going to go on was so scary because I didn't know how much I should save, uh, how, how I should, um, go about, um, protecting myself or if I should get another job or like that kind of thing on the outside, uh, whatever job was still running. Right. So, um, and then at the same time, my like entrepreneurial mindset kind of like kicked in in terms of like survival mode, um, looking at online, looking at, um, Westy pro, which is our, um, uh, video critique resource, um, that I'm a part of and like thinking of ways to like, how can I build revenue for myself mm-hmm. in this new time, like quickly. Um, so I got working on that and then that brought me to the idea of taking uh, my ballet for West Coast swing class that I normally teach at events and then thinking of a way to put that online and, and sell that to people and give people um, that resource for dance virtually. Um, I had seen uh, at the time Robert had an idea of doing um, online um, like a workshop or seminar for, for his, his material and swing. And I thought like, Oh, like I could probably, um, film myself and figure out a way to give that, um, to not only the West coast swing community, but the community at large. Mm-hmm. And then that could not only give me some income, but, but help people dance in their homes as well. <laughs> help yeah. people move a little bit and stay sane. Um, so I quickly got to work on that. And then luckily a few days later, my studio ended up, my ballet studio ended up transitioning to zoom classes. So they agreed to keep our payroll going, um, and convince the the parents and the students to, to continue paying their tuition in exchange for us teachers teaching all of the classes now via zoom. So being totally virtual and uh, in giving our classes and now so far that's worked out great. <laughs> yeah, that is great. So that was a big, big help in, in relieving my stress in this time, being able to have both my, my ballet class online in the swing community and then also having my studio classes for my ballet school continue. So now I'm feeling a little bit better. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, good. I've also had a few a few private students as well um, join me um, 
uh, with a Zoom private teaching. So, so that's helped. And so I feel now that I'm a, a bit more stabilized in this, in this new environment. And now I feel like I'm a professional Zoom instructor. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it is a skill. Yes, uh, trying to adapt and like adapt to technology quickly. I know Zoom had been around for a while, but now now it's um, a really important tool. So I've I've learned that and adapted that, and also Facebook Live is um, very helpful just to keep people engaged and keep people connected, and being able to to record and send um, this footage to to everyone all over the world has been a, a great asset. Yeah, and um, yeah, so now I'm like, okay, I've like adjusted to this this life after like maybe like two weeks now, and so I feel like I'm excited in a way to be able to share with uh, people all over uh, in this in this new kind of dimension, not having to go to people, go to events necessarily, or um, uh, a lot different um time and distance to to reach people like this this new kind of virtual like everyone tuning in at the same time is is kind of is very cool uh also a little bit scary talking in a room by yourself (laughs) with no physical interaction that's taken some getting used to like i have new respect for either um actors or different tv personalities who who have to do that either in front of a green screen or or uh, recording something uh, for the public, but having to to manufacture the anticipated reaction of the students or the people watching is like, ah, oh, that's a new skill that I'm <laughs> trying to develop. Normally, I love like seeing people's faces and expressions and energy, feeling that in a room to fuel my teaching. But now I don't have that as much, and I kind of have to rely on my my own intuition to convey uh, my material and like trust in my, in my teaching experience and expertise to convey that. And then, and then I can always get feedback after the fact. It's maybe not as direct as before, but Mm. you gotta, you gotta adapt to the times. Yeah, absolutely. Can you tell our listeners when your classes are and what material you're covering? Yes. So my classes are on Saturdays from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time. And this is a beginner ballet series. Um, So uh, you don't have to have any experience in in ballet. You just have to have something to hold on to and some socks or carpet. And you get to follow along with me. And I will be able to answer your questions as we go along in my class in real time. And I want to take everyone through uh, the basic beginner syllabus, went through a basic ballet bar and then simple exercises in the center that are conducive to small spaces in your house. And um, just skills that in ballet that I think are applicable to not only West Coast Swing, but all different types of dance in terms of alignment, uh, body mechanics, um, flexibility, strength, all those, all those different things. And recently, um, uh, Amit, uh, the founder of Westy Pro, ha- has um, 
So, so Amit and I have collaborated to put my online ballet classes live through Westie Pro. So now Westie Pro has a feature for online classes that you can sign up through my profile page and then get access to the class. And when you click the class, it's going to be like a group Zoom meeting, but it's managed through Westie Pro. So the benefits of this are obviously in the registration process and Facebook Live had a, a chat delay of about like 20 seconds during the live videos. And now Amit has solved that. So we can have actually live chats. And there are also other features in Zoom where there's an option to, to talk via audio um, as well if the, if the student chooses that. I still will keep the, the video only on me because I know a lot of people love uh, learning but not being seen doing a new thing. So we're going to keep that. <laughs> but you'll be able to, to voice your questions in a form that, that you would like, either through text or through your own voice to make things uh, much more like an actual class setting. And so hopefully uh, this will allow everyone to have the best opportunity to get a true learning experience while we're all at home uh, until everything opens up again. Yeah, and I can attest to the class being great. I thought you did a great job organizing and presenting the material in a way that a very, very, very beginner basic ballet dancer like myself could do. And it was great in thinking about my own alignment, how I'm moving my body. You drew attention to different things during the exercises that I thought made me more aware of how I'm moving in ways that I could absolutely apply to my West Coast swing. So I very much encourage people to check out those classes. It's great cross-training. And like you said, a great way to keep moving and doing different things in this time when we don't have the ability to really be social dancing. So with that, I'm also wondering, you know, you're doing these classes online. You are still doing your academy classes, which is great. I'm so glad to hear that. I hadn't heard that you were still doing those classes. So that's a relief. What else are you doing in your time? How are you, how else are you keeping busy and, and keeping up on your own skills and just keeping sane in this whole time? Yeah, keeping sane is, is an interesting challenge now. Um, I used to schedule myself where I was always out and about and had to be in all different places throughout the day. And now I'm essentially working from home. And this is uh, a new way to structure my time. And it's uh, very self-reliant. And I'm trying to develop those time management skills at home so I don't go crazy. Um, so one benefit that I do have, um, my partner, Dylan Luther, um, still uh, lives very close to me. And he and I were together almost every day before the outbreak um, practicing. So when the, the outbreak occurred and the shelter occurred, um, we felt like for us, um, if one of us was infected, the other one was too. So the, the risk there was, was already done. So we have still chosen to practice together, um, just going over to each other's houses um, to practice our own West Coast swing dancing. We can't practice our showcase routine at the moment because neither of us have ceilings tall enough to handle those lifts. 
Um, but so this has been like a great time to just work on our, our basic dance technique at home. And I feel really lucky to, to live close to him for that. And so we've been able to still keep that going and collaborate and then also learn from everyone else too. Like, uh, we're learning from Robert now, we're learning from Kyle, Sarah, we're learning from the Global Westie Connection. Now there's like this explosion of online resources and I feel super lucky that I can go over that material with him and have a body to do that. I know not everyone does. Um, so that has been really helpful for my not only mental health, but uh, for, for my dancing as well to be able to keep up some of my skills during this time. And then also I've been uh, looking at different types of classes, different types of like hip hop class online, contemporary, like also trying to just branch out, um, keeping up the diversity in my dancing, uh, doing as much also solo cross training as I can and some home workouts. I know that's big as well. So um, there are still definitely lots of ways to move at home and I've been enjoying that. And then also um, I've had to cook more, which is great for me too. <laughs> Got groceries in the house. So it's a whole different type of, of being now that my setting has been fixed. Yeah. And um, it's healthy in some ways. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I'm glad to hear that you're making the most of the time, right? It's it's easy to feel stressed and demotivated, and you're making the most of it. And I think that's really good and healthy. What is your feeling about the long-term impacts of this outbreak on both your career as a professional? It sounds like you are learning a new skill set. You're learning how to do online things but also on our, our dance community in general. What do, you think, what do you think will happen in the long run in terms of some of the changes we might see that stick? Hmm, changes that might stick. Um, I think there might be more use of the, the online platforms now that everyone has set that up. I don't think it will die down as much as we might think. It might be now a new dual resource, uh, another option that's more viable now than it was before. So that could be a good benefit. Um, also, just being more mindful of hygiene, probably at events, um, being more mindful of, of each other in terms of like hand washing, in terms of care, in terms of um, our, our own health and the health of others. I think that we will be a lot more aware of that because we're such like a physical and intimate scene. Um, now we know that this type of, uh, there is this type of risk, whether it's this virus or another one down the road. Uh, we hadn't had anything happen to us like this in our own lifetimes, but, but now it has and it could potentially happen again in different different manifestations. So I think we'll be more prepared uh, in the future if something like this happens and more mindful in the in-betweens. And also probably uh, more appreciative of the time that we have together, I think. Uh, I, I've uh, lost now uh, 
the ability to perform in different ways through this time. I'm really grateful for the for the teaching I have, but I have lost performance time in terms of ballet and in terms of routines on the swing circuit and Jack and Jill's. So keeping that in mind when things get going again, I think at least I'm going to be much more appreciative of those moments that I can't recreate online mm. and kind of more present in that sense. Yeah, I think that's true. I think a lot of people are craving the dance and the community in a way that in a way that isn't just about going to events and getting points. People mm-hmm. are actually just craving to dance and to be with people. And I think that's a really positive outcome of this whole situation that people are really prioritizing the heart of what we do, not just kind of all the other stuff that we do because we're part of this world, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely is. I think it will swing the balance back to that interpersonal connection that started the dance in the first place. Once we're able to be back. Yeah. So I think that would be a really good thing. Yeah. I'm not sure how long this will last. But I'm glad you've got some stability through this period and that you've got a more positive outlook. Thank God it's only been a couple of weeks and not longer before you settled into some sort of group. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well, thank you so much for taking the time to share your experience with me and our listeners. I wish you the best. Of course, I will be in touch with you because we need to talk about Mission City Swing for next month. So we're keeping it going online. And I have been. It's been fun teaching our students uh, privately through Zoom uh, through these weeks, and we're down to keep it going as long as we need. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, we want to keep our community as engaged as possible for all the reasons that you said, staying connected, still working on their dancing. So we will talk about that soon, but thank you so much for, for sharing your thoughts and experience with us, and I'll talk to you soon. Okay, thank you, Eric. I have to confess that I was personally concerned about Chantel. I brought her onto the teaching staff at Mission City Swing last summer as one of our regular teachers, and we ended up closing MCS last month, leaving her without that income, and I had assumed her ballet classes had stopped too. I was relieved to hear her ballet classes had resumed, and I'm so glad she's sharing her knowledge of ballet and dance in general with our community. You can sign up for her online beginner ballet classes through WestiPro by going to westypro.com slash pros slash chantel-pianetta. I'll share the link in the footnotes to this episode. Next, I spoke with two awesome champion dancers who are not only skilled on the dance floor, but savvy behind the scenes as well. Cameo Cross McHenry and Tashina Beckman King need no introduction. They are powerful, incredibly talented dancers, and in the wake of events shutting down, they quickly came together to launch Global Westie Connection, a virtual summit. The first summit took place last month and featured two days of workshops with the best of the best, Deborah Zake, PJ Turner, Maxime and Tori Zowie, Ben Morris, and several others. This coming weekend, April 11th and 12th, is a second summit, featuring such pros as Robert Royston, Kyle Red and Sarah Van Drake, Benji Schwimmer, Alyssa Glanville, and others. It's a fantastic opportunity to learn from the top champions from the comfort of your own home, at a time when events are still canceled. Not only are the workshops great, but at the end of each day, there's a Q&A with that day's pros, and I really loved hearing their different viewpoints side by side. I asked Tashina and Cameo to tell me how this summit came together. 
how they are feeling in light of the pandemic, and their thoughts about the future of our dance. So here now is my conversation with Tashina Beckman-King and Cameo Cross McHenry. Tashina and Cameo, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with me. How are you both doing in light of this whole public health crisis we're experiencing? I think it's kind of a mix. That's what I hear from a lot of people. They're kind of in the same boat. So I am uh, have the good moments and the bad moments. Um, definitely hanging on to and finding some silver linings to slow down a little bit and be off of the road. Um, but definitely struggling um, a little bit, mainly to not be able to see family. Um, I'm about seven to 10 minutes from my parents and we're about 20 to 30 from Ben's family. Um, so that's probably the most difficult part right now is not getting to see family. Yeah. How about you, Tashina? Um, kind of the same as cameo definitely have up moments and down moments. Um, I would say when things kind of shit hit the fan, if you will, last Thursday, um, there was definitely an onslaught of fear and a little bit of panic of how am I going to, you know, make things work and, um, definitely got kind of caught up in that cycle a little bit on the mental side of things. Um, and then, uh, some things started to shift actually when Cameo and I reached out to just connect with each other, um, which is, I think why we're here to talk about, you know, the Westie global, uh, global Westie connection. But, um, uh, that has really given me some peace of mind and feeling of purpose and a sense of I can do something in the midst of um, a state of unknown. So it's just this has really given me an opportunity to make lemons out of lemonade. Mm-hmm. Or wait, lemonade out of lemons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so that really has been just a peace of mind for me getting to work on this. And so um, overall, pretty good. But like Cameo, definitely some ups and downs along the way the last week. Yeah, I know that we often get a lot of purpose and meaning from our work. And I'm sure as dance instructors and dancers, you know, actually dancing, actually working with students, um, is probably really rewarding. And now in the shutdown, there's none of that, right? I mean, I shouldn't say none of it because we're exploring virtual options, as we'll talk more about. But I'm curious what your kind of initial reactions were when this outbreak escalated and dance events started being canceled? Well, for me, it was like what I was just sharing is there was this onset of panic and this is really bad and um, this is horrible. So I definitely went there right away. Mm -hmm. Um, It took me probably 24 hours and some uh, conversation with my husband, Nicholas, and my mom to be like, okay, wait, I do have choice in the matter of how I respond to the situation. I don't have to be a victim of it. Um, and so that just having those comments come to me from people that I really care and uh, respect helped me to like start taking action rather than staying stuck in the fear um, and the victimhood of it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. And um, there was a little bit of uh, this can't be real. It'll pass. And then I think um, as soon as, we got quite a few messages of events canceling and can- and some events canceling pretty far out. 
the reality, the gravity of the situation really started to set in and, um, uh, and definitely going down the thought processes of the different facets, um, of what we do in this business. So not only was it affecting, uh, the weekly, like our weekly life traveling to be able to teach and perform and judge, um, but running two events and both of those events landing in August, uh, swingtacular, um, that I run with my husband, Ben and, uh, the Westie goddess retreat that I'm running with Tashina and Alyssa Glanville, Courtney Adair, Sonia Deserall and Katie Noggle. Um, it sits in this really difficult unknown spot. You know, it almost feels like it'd be easier if it was happening. Those events were happening now because the, the, there is no, there really isn't a choice, right? We, we need the, the stay at home, the cancel, try to flatten the curve. Um, so it felt like, felt like it hit a little harder um, having to take the personal hit, the weekly hit um, and now kind of the unknown with the events. Um, but like Tashina said, coming out on the other side of that and um, really taking the positive to, um, to stay ahead of that. Um, I know for Spectacular, um, we're still doing some planning. Uh, we're talking with our hotel and uh, we are currently, you know, moving ahead as planned. Um, I know Westie Goddess Retreat is meeting next week um, and planning ahead that everything will turn around throughout the summer and we can come back um, and into the fall with a bang um, with those events and everything else that would be happening in August, September and on. Yeah, I think the uncertainty is a really big factor here, right? We don't know exactly how long this is going to last. We're hoping it's not going to last long. But despite all of that, in, in light of all these efforts of social distancing, you both jumped on the opportunity to provide instruction through the Global Westie Connection, which is not one but two weekends of online learning with top champions. This first weekend just happened and the other one is coming up in April. I'm curious to know who came up with this idea and how you work together to make it happen. Um, so, uh, Global Westie Connection is running under a company called Our Dance, um, and that stands for Dance Academy Network of Continuing Education, and, um, it was actually a brainchild of mine that started about two years ago, and, uh, two years ago is when I started having a kind of this vision um, come into my mind of having our dance. Um, and I've had lots of plans for it. And in the midst of then getting married and having a kid and moving, um, I just had not really buckled down and launched that. And uh, I remember when I was pregnant, um, I was hanging out actually with Cameo and Courtney and um, pregnant. My feet were swollen. So, of course, we did a foot soak in the bathtub. Um, all of us sitting on the edge and we had our feet in the tub and I had told Cammie and Courtney that I had this, this vision and, um, I was excited to share that with them when I was a little bit closer to getting things off the ground. Um, and so when, again, kind of things hit the fan last Thursday, I think it was, um, 
Cameo contacted me and she's like, I have an idea um, about um, running something with some of the female uh, instructors. And I said, oh, that sounds really, really awesome. And then so we just started talking and brainstorming. And then together, the vision of these online summits came to be. And um, literally, probably within an hour, maybe an hour and a half discussion, we had decided on the structure, kind of the format. I have, um, I had already been doing a lot of online coaching, uh, having offered my AHA focus groups for the last two years. Um, I had already been building um, some content and course structure. I'm developing a multi coach coaching course uh, for dancers that I was um, in the midst of getting up and uh, off the ground. And so I already had kind of the structure in place. So I said, Cameo, I've got the structure. I know how we can do it. And she said, great, you know, let's think about these elements because she has more um, experience with running events um, like Spectacular. Um, and so literally within 24 hours, we had contacted the staff that we wanted to invite to teach, came up with the structure, payment plan. We got the course uploaded. Um, and we launched publicly within 24 hours and we got done in 24 hours and we just got on the phone and went, holy crap, what are we doing? (laughs) (laughs) What's going to happen? And so she and I, that's, that's how it came to be, I guess. Tashina and I have always talked about doing something together and, um, We've gotten to do quite a bit through the Westie Goddess Retreat with our other lovely goddess guides. Um, So we'd had some experience kind of working together um, through that dynamic. Um, So, like, it was no question as soon as she was like, what do you think? Should we pull the plug? Let's do it. Let's make it happen. That's awesome. How many people attended this past weekend summit? Um, as far as like live with us yeah. at one time, I think it was at about, I think the highest I saw live was 140. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And I think it's not only great for so many people who are craving instruction, but also great for the instructors, you know, who are also like you uncertain of their, their own work and where it's going to come from. So I thought it was a great opportunity to not only support our community, but also support our champions who provide so much for our community. You have another summit coming up in April. And I'm curious to hear your thoughts on just how other people are adopting the online education in general. So just how the other professionals are, like what platforms they're using and how they're marketing it, such such like that? Yeah, just the plethora of opportunities that are now available. Yeah, I mean, you know, there are some people that um, had already been kind of playing with some sort of online content. Um, I know most of us had switched our DVDs to digital downloads, um, you know, so that some of that was already in place. Um, Obviously, Facebook Live is a super easy platform um, that uh, people are able to jump onto and reach out to lots of people. Um, I know also lots of people on Westie Pro, um, which Ben and I have been on for a little bit and have really enjoyed um, being able uh, to have our students, um, people that we have worked with before and some new students be able to send us videos um, that we can slow-mo and uh, voice record over and get them information back. So um, it also seems like people are 
jumping on to some other platforms that I personally haven't, um, I personally haven't jumped on to. Um, but technology is a beautiful thing. And I think we're all really getting to um, explore the depths of it. Um, Cause I think uh, in one sense, we haven't felt like we wanted to dive too deep into it because dance is a social thing. It's a physical thing. Um, but I think we're getting to learn the benefits of it and we'll be able to really weave it in um, as a more integral part of our learning and our training and our connection um, as we move forward on the other side of this. Yeah, for sure. Are either of you worried about oversaturation? Um, I think for me a little bit, yes, right now, but I think it's the same as events and workshop weekends is that, you know, each pro that teaches offers something really, really unique Mm -hmm. and something a little bit different. And so even though the mass, you know, pro community is moving to an online platform, I think it's still very similar in the sense that, you know, people are going to be attracted to certain people for different reasons. And, you know, each person teaching online is going to bring their own unique essence to whatever platform they're using. And so I think, um, over time, you know, it won't feel as oversaturated. I think it's just in this, you know, influx of, you know, immediate upload onto the internet for instruction. It feels like a little like, holy cow, everyone and their mother has something. But I mean, everyone and, you know, their mother has a way of teaching on the circuit and that is just as valuable. And I think it's just as valuable online. Um, And the great thing about the online platform, at least from what I've heard that a lot of the pros are doing, is that everything's recorded. Mm -hmm. And so it really allows the student to, you know, have access to a lot of pros and be able to learn in an entirely different way in some capacities to be able to go back and rewatch the content and to have the ability to sign up for multiple platforms, knowing that they don't have to do it all at once and that they can take it um, as they go then once life returns to somewhat of a normal, you know, in between events, or if they're not able to go to an event for several months, they still have stuff to work on. So yes, I think uh, right now it seems like, wow, it's a little oversaturated, but I think it'll even itself out as we go. Yeah, I think that's about right. I also think it's interesting, you know, Cameo, you mentioned how, you know, people used to buy DVDs. Like, it's not the (laughs) first time we've learned outside of the classroom, right? And so this is kind of the modern version of that. I do think what you guys are offering is really unique in that you're featuring so many of our top pros in a in a workshop weekend style feeling, right? So I do think that's that's a really awesome thing that you guys are able to provide. So you have your next summit coming up, coming up in April. What are your thoughts on the longer term? I mean, like we were talking earlier, we don't know how long this is going to last. It could last through the mm-hmm. summer into the fall. And then I'm curious if, you know, you've talked about kind of how this can supplement learning in the long run. What are your thoughts about kind of making it through this period and then what might be beyond. Cam? <laughs> Go for it, Dad. <laughs> you want me to take it? Um, yeah. So Cammie and I actually had about a two-hour business meeting today. Um, and as far as like our dance goes, this is literally just the beginning. It's just the tip of the iceberg. Um, like I've said, I've had ideas boiling in the background for about two years. So there's a lot I and Cameo will be doing with our dance. Um, it's going to grow a lot. Um, and we're going to have a lot of unique things that we're going to be able to offer that are different than what's currently, um, 
being offered in some ways. So as far as our dance goes, um, this is just the beginning and it, you know, is a very quick beginning and, uh, Cameo and I are going to move forward into a, an actual business partnership with this and it's, it's a real thing. So both her and I are totally invested in it. We're invested in using our dance as a platform to support the community and benefit the community, grow it, and to also unify it, um, in, in certain ways. So we're, we're really, really pumped and super excited about the future, I would say, for our dance. Um, and I think uh, my experience, at least, of, you know, the pro community, you know, everyone's being very mindful and supportive of one another. <clears throat> you know, there's a there's a calendar that's out where, you know, the pros are posting, OK, I'm doing this on this day and this on this day. And it's going to be kind of impossible for n- not to overlap at sometimes, but we are, I feel like as a collective, really doing our best to honor when someone's doing it and try if possible to, you know, give them that time so that we can offer things at a different time. So I feel um, the community really as a whole is in it together. And I totally believe in this community to, um, you know, come out of this stronger and better just because of the love and the kindness. I mean, we even had two different individuals in our dance community contact us. Um, one individual sponsored six passes to the dual summit rate for six individuals. Another person sponsored two one weekend passes for the summits. So there's a lot of kindness and love and support in the community. And I know that's just going to continue. And I think we'll all, you know, come out of it having grown quite a bit through the uncomfortable times. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I think, um, I think a lot of us are, um, uh, from a professional standpoint, I, I think everybody, but um, to talk a little specifically about the pros, uh, we're possibly getting to try out some new skills or hone some skills that we um, have wanted to kind of dive deeper into. Um, I know that this time is um, is giving me time to focus and be a little bit of a student again myself. Um, you know, we often pour so much, um, outward in teaching and performing and all things that I love. Um, but sometimes it feels, um, like it's harder for me to find that space, um, to spend on myself. And so I think some of this downtime is, um, allowing me to kind of go down some avenues, um, that I've tiptoed down some that I haven't, um, and uh, really just kind of play with skills, new and old. Yeah. Well, that leads me to another question for you, which is what have you guys been doing with your free time? How are you keeping busy? <laughs> What's free time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh. Between an 11-month-old, a husband, and planning <laughs> these summits, there is no free time. There's barely sleep time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I a little bit just feel like I'm in a... Uh, a state where I did some bad planning and um, and I, I, I didn't book myself for a couple of weeks of work. But, you know, when we're uh, even when things were normal, when we're home, you know, we spend a lot of time on the computer um, working on event stuff and uh, going to the gym and trying to dance a little bit. And all of those things are are still happening. Um, I do feel very uh, grateful um for the dance studio space that we ended up with in our house. Um, so we've been doing uh, workouts and dancing in there. Um, 
a few house projects. Um, Ben and I moved into um, our own house in December of 2018, you know, so there's always house projects to be done and I love doing home improvement stuff. So, um, but yeah, definitely at least the last week been spending lots of time on the computer. (laughs) (laughs) Have either or both of you been teaching at all doing virtual lessons or coaching? Yeah, I've um I'm still currently in the middle of my um quarterly AHA focus groups which is um a coaching program for all levels. So I still have that so I'm still doing um video reviews with them and private lesson online private lessons with them. Um on the first summit that we just did this past weekend, I did a mindset class cuz I do a lot of work uh with subconscious beliefs, fears and traumas and so I talked about how that specifically impacts dancing. Um, and I've had several people actually reach out and book uh, mindset sessions with me. Um, and I've had more people book some online lessons. So, yes, in the midst of everything, I am um, having that ability to connect with individuals in, in those two capacities. Yeah, we're doing some video coaching. Um, and then uh, we've been streaming um, our uh, Monday night local classes. Uh, so in like October of last year, um, Ben and, um, and Taylor Banfield and myself, we all started a dance out in Tracy, California, which is the central Valley of Northern California, uh, kind of right between San Francisco and Sacramento. Um, and so we've been trying to kind of grow, uh, grow a little bit of the pie out here in the central Valley um, and we didn't want to lose our momentum, but with the, uh, the beauty of technology, uh, we figured why not go ahead and stream Facebook live. So, um, every Monday we've been giving an intermediate class, a half hour beginner class and, um, a half hour of Taylor DJing Taylor and Ben, Taylor, Ben and requests, um, just to try to keep some normalcy with our Monday community. Yeah, that's great. So what is your feeling about the long-term impacts of this outbreak on our community? I mean, we've already talked about how there may be more online opportunities. You know, your, our dance is now launched <laughs> in part because of this crisis. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm curious what you think might be some of the changes we'll see on our community moving forward. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of see two different outcomes um either people are so excited to get back to the physical contact that things boom and then kind of go back to normal um or it's going to be a little bit of a slow roll going back um and some of it it might be kind of a combo of the two where the desire to be back in person is there um but depending on how long we're working with kind of shelter in place and people out of work or on diminished hours, the funds just may not be there. Um, Mm -hmm. I do think that our, um, our community will get back to normal um, with the bonus, I think of having um, a lot more comfort within working digital platforms as a supplement. Um, But we are a social, um, you know, physical partner dance. Um, so I do think in the end, I think we'll come back to something resembling normal. Mm-hmm. I think it's actually going to instill a renewed sense of 
love for the dance for people when we are able to come back and have that human face-to-face, touch-to-touch interaction because we're all without it right now in, in the form of West Coast Swing. And so I think when, you know, we all get back to an event, I think there's going to be this purity of joy and the love, just the pure love for the dance or the love for movement that's that's really present um, that maybe we sometimes um, lose track of when we get so focused on competitions or points or, you know, all that other stuff that can happen. So I'm really hopeful that this gives people a new grounding of why they are doing West Coast Swing um, and that I'm hopeful that we can maintain that as a community as we get back to our a new normal. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. I think people are really appreciating the dance for the dance and for the community in a way that I think you're right. I think it's easy to lose track of that when we're going to events and competing and just, you know, it becomes almost rote, you know, where it's just right. what we do over and over. Well, I'm really grateful that you two are offering such a great opportunity for our community, not once, but twice. And then I'm excited to see what else you guys are rolling out in the future because I really thought this weekend was really well done. So I want to thank you both for offering that, for taking the time to talk to me, and I wish you both the best of luck in the months ahead and then whatever comes after that. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for inviting us to be on. We both appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Eric. It was a pleasure. Yeah, talk to you guys soon. Awesome. Take care. I love how positive and optimistic Tashina and Cameo are, and how they were so proactive in responding to this rapidly changing and highly uncertain situation. I'm excited to attend the Global Westie Connection Part 2 this weekend, and to see what else they have cooking for virtual learning experiences. You can join the summit by looking up Global Westie Connection on Facebook, and by signing up at ourdance.global. I'll share this link in the footnotes as well. Finally, I sat down with two champions and friends of the show, Courtney Adair and Sean McKeever. These two are not only incredible dancers and fantastic teachers, two of my personal favorites in fact, but they are also super thoughtful about how they build their brand and their business. A while back, they started Movement Lab as a way of offering different opportunities to explore movement and dance more broadly. Now with the coronavirus outbreak, they are building Movement Lab to stay connected with their students. If you follow them on Instagram, they were already posting weekly drills, and they also have a Patreon account to offer online learning, both yoga and West Coast Swing, and personal feedback. I reached out to Courtney and Sean to talk with them about how they're doing, how they're responding to the current situation, and how they're leveraging online media to stay connected to the community. Here now is my conversation with Courtney Adair and Sean McKeever. Sean and Courtney, welcome back to The Naked Truth. Thrilled to sit down with you all. Wish it was better circumstances, but nevertheless, good to see you both. Yes, good to see you too. It's great to be back on. Excited to have a nice little chat. Yeah, for sure. It seems like a lot of people are doing virtual chats these days, so this feels kind of natural now. How are you both doing in light of this whole outbreak we're experiencing? Um, So I started asking people, like, instead of how are you doing, I'm like, how are you doing in the last five minutes? Because hmm. <laughs> I feel like I'm doing well to answer the question, and I'm having these like little mini emotional roller coasters, like all 
scream my face off, and then two minutes later, I'm super happy, peaceful, and fine. Maybe it's because I'm allowing myself to, like, scream and howl. Who knows? Um, so that being said, doing well, and it is – there's some ups and downs in there, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I, I would just reflect that um, time seems to have a different meaning uh, than – comparatively to the normal pace of our lives, which is usually in fast forward. Right. And, uh, you know, now the days can contain so much more range of emotion in, in a weird way, because, uh, you know, an event weekend can be quite intense in its own way, but I think there's, there's just so much open space and an uncertain amount of time mm -hmm. and uncertain possibilities that, uh, you can kind of swing from <laughs> one end of the spectrum to the next within a given day several hundred times. But it's it's interesting. All things considered, doing really well. We're here um, in San Antonio with, with my family. So it is really unique to get to be around my mom and my dad and my aunt and our dog for such an extended period of time. So um, definitely grateful for, for that. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Seems like a lot of people are catching up with loved ones in this time because we have more time. Um, but like yeah. you said, it's also a really uncertain time, right? We don't exactly know how things are progressing. Things are kind of changing moment to moment, and we're not sure what the end point is. What was your reaction and experience when all of this sort of started happening and events were being canceled, you know, left and right, kind of moving forward? It seemed like every day more events further into the future were being canceled. What was your experience like? What was your reaction? Well, I think everything happens uh, slowly as it's happening, but it seems like it happened really fast in, in hindsight. Um, and so my reaction was kind of just to take it one day at a time and prepare for what we could prepare for. Um, it's hard to not overreact or underreact when there's, you know, a global crisis pandemic starting to unfold. But um, I think as, as much as possible, we've tried to just find what we can do each day that feels rewarding to us and feels like we're able to um, still contribute in the way that we like to contribute and, um, you know, prioritize what's most important in that day, which is our family and, and their safety and their health. And then kind of everything else falls in line under that. And I think as soon as the first events started to cancel, that's when you kind of have to reassess and, and think a little bit more long-term of, okay, well, how can we prepare for an indefinite span of staying at home? At first, it's kind of like, well, let's see and, and wait and kind of see how this plays out and how much it's going to impact us and, and not really rush to... Um, make any major adjustments yet but and i think everybody infants included kind of try to hold out as long as possible and keep things uh normal as possible for 
for as much time as they could, but at a certain point, it made the most sense, um, most most responsible sense to start moving things, canceling things, and, and making adjustments. But what's been really cool to see is just the way that the community has responded, um, and the amount of innovation that's been occurring, and and the amount of support that's been offered from the community mm-hmm. um, to to professionals and to each other and, and the amount that people are still staying connected. So I feel like the first reaction from people was to really say, how can we still continue to exist as a community and continue to connect as a community no matter what happens? And, and that's been really cool to see that reaction. Yeah, and I think it was interesting too, according to like our geography, like being located in Texas, we were set to fly out to All-Star Swing Jam. It was the first event on our docket that had to um, postpone till next year. Um, and it was interesting because at that point, it felt like the virus hadn't hit us yet. Mm-hmm. Um, like being out in Texas, like there, it was business as usual. So for the first like two weeks of March, it felt very much like, dance events were canceling. I didn't feel like I was in the world of a pandemic going on. So it wasn't only until, gosh, last week that San Antonio got the shelter in place order. Um, So it was, uh, it was interesting in that sense. Um, And then just getting to talk more to like some of my girlfriends um, on the West coast and just hearing more about like their lifestyle changes and what things look like for them, it started to kind of sweep in like, oh, right, there is life outside of the West Coast Swing community. And that's the part that's being affected for me at first, but it was a kind of a slow roll to feel um, the impacts of the virus. Yeah, same here in Minnesota. It took a mm-hmm. long time for people to react. So yeah, it seemed kind of surreal. We also canceled our plans to all-star swing jam last minute. We didn't know it was gonna happen, but hearing what was happening in California, we were kind of relieved. Because even though it wasn't affecting us here, we knew our friends in California were really worried about it. Long before all of this happened, you both, I think, were laying the foundation for this kind of experience in that I know you both have been involved online and in other kind of pursuits. Like you have a diverse portfolio. It's not just going to events. Um, I follow you on Instagram with Movement Lab. I hope our listeners do too, because you put out great videos and drills for everybody. Thanks. And... You've been active on Instagram. How have you reacted to this situation in terms of your your work and business? What have you kind of expanded upon? Where have you explored new opportunities? It has definitely accelerated some of our plans. Um, Courtney and I kind of came up with with Movement Lab a, a few years ago as um, the roof that many of our future offerings would be would be built underneath. And one of the main goals was to offer more um, training experiences digitally and over social media and on um, our website and, and to offer ways that people could really connect to their individual movement and their individual practice routine in uh, a more consistent and more informed capacity. 
And we really wanted to be able to help people with their individual dance or movement conditioning. Because we've always felt that in the West Coast swing community and in partner dance communities, that individual ownership of your movement um, kind of can fall by the wayside and all the focus goes into partnering. And so we really want to develop offerings for people to be able to work on their movement at home, be inspired in their practice and, and have tools to do that. And we've been slowly working on, on developing the way that we want to offer that. Um, and also, you know, offering events and in-person gatherings to show people, but trying to develop how we're going to do that over social media and, and over online platforms. And initially it was just, okay, well, let's, let's build our following through our events and let's just build awareness and let's start to build our following on Instagram by actually offering something um, rather than just saying, Hey, follow us. We wanted to offer people little, little snippets of information, little easy things that they could apply and, and try out at home. So we started doing our want this work that um, little one minute drills essentially uh, about every Wednesday weekly. And we also started to add uh, footwork Fridays, just trying to give people little practice drills um, that they could tune in and see and, and get a nugget that they can take away. And when all of this happened and all of us were going to be pushed away from in-person gatherings, um, it definitely sped up our approach to getting a more comprehensive training program in place and pushed us to say, there's kind of no time like the present and to start to open up more of the, the weekly classes and group practices and, and Q and A's that we're doing um, through our Patreon and stuff like that now. And that's been really good because I think um, when circumstances push you, sometimes you make that leap that you were hesitating to make before. Right. Um, a lot of times trying to make something perfect gets in the way of making progress. And when all of this happened, it felt like, okay, now's the time to, to launch into a little bit more in-depth offerings of what we can do online and to start to develop that a little bit more. So it's been cool to just go for it and to try out different avenues and pathways like Patreon and, and like using Facebook groups as a way of connecting people and, and their practices and connecting us to people. And um, it's something we're excited about continuing to develop more and more over time and has, has been kind of a, a dream for what we want to do with Movement Lab for a long time. So it's, it's exciting in that way that it's pushing us forward in, the, in those goals. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it actually, babe, that reminds me of um, when Eric, you and I did the podcast, Just You and I, and I talked about like following and tracking that energy that like mm -hmm. when your body says yes, you just go for it. It feels like that's what we allowed ourselves to do with Movement Lab was it was like, yes, okay, let's just do it. And there was a little bit of, um, like, let's not think too much. Like, we know what, and I, and I really felt this, too, with, like, my yoga offerings on Sunday. It felt like, I want to do this. 
I have no idea. I've never done a Facebook live stream before, but like, I'm going to listen to that piece that says, yeah, especially in uncertain times. I think it's really beautiful to start to like build that trust relationship with um, whatever part of your response to. Yeah. So I feel like we're seeing that from a ton of people in the community mm -hmm. right now. Um, and it's really beautiful. It's really, really great. It's exciting. It's, it's pushing a lot of creativity and I think you can look back throughout history and, and see tons of instances where some of the most, um, some of the largest leaps in art or some of the most impactful movements in creativity have happened during difficult times or austere times or uncertain times. And I think this is, you know, a small representation of what can happen when change is kind of forced upon us and artists and artisans um, react in their own way to continue to offer what they can. Right. So Courtney, I know you've been doing yoga classes online regularly and mm -hmm. what have you all been doing with movement lab to expand those offerings? We've essentially um, launched a online class program through Patreon. So we have different levels that you can engage in. If you want to really focus in on what Courtney's offering with yoga, if you're super into yoga and mindfulness and breathwork practice, there's a, a level that's just for you and a group that's just for you. Um, we're using Facebook groups as a way of kind of allowing everybody to interact and communicate and interact with us. Um, there's also a Westie group and there's also offerings if people want to get the whole spectrum of what we're doing right now, you can do yoga and you can do West Coast swing. Essentially it's weekly classes on Wednesdays for yoga. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of communication and interaction going on, which is really cool. One of the things that I love that Courtney's doing with the yoga group is she's offering short around five minute videos that are essentially an, an intro to um, really common poses in yoga. Because so often in yoga, you walk into a class and you feel a little bit lost if you're more of a beginner, at least I did, where I don't know how to do downward dog and yet I have to flow through it like 15 times in this class. So it's really great for people to have those resources of those those videos that they have access to anytime of, okay, here's, here's some really helpful cues and foundation on how to do these essential poses. And then on top of that, there's also these weekly flows that we go into that are live streamed and build community around that. Um, those are a couple of things that I really love and I'm sure Courtney yeah. can talk a little bit well, more about the yoga side of things. It's interesting learning how to translate a class online. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the things I noticed right off the bat is I'm so used to beginning a practice or walking into a class and it's talked about like, Hey, what's tight for everyone today? Or like, what needs a little bit of extra love? And I was like, I can't <laughs> say that to my camera and get this response, but I can put it into the Yogi patron page like an hour beforehand. Right. Uh, so that's been really nice to kind of still create that similar like communication. And um, so, and it's been inspiring too for, for people to say like, I really need this and I need to focus on that. And I'm like, awesome. How can I work this in to, you know, what I already have planned out and uh, yeah, so that's been 
a, a lovely way to communicate with everyone too. And it's been great for um, the Movement Lab, uh, the Westie patron in particular, um, getting to give feedback on how um, people's practice is going. Mm-hmm. So like we put out drills with information about how to execute those drills and why we're doing them and how they fit into your West Coast swing and how they break down for your individual movement practice. And then it's great because people will take video of themselves doing the drills and they'll post, post it in the Facebook page and we can all get like positive affirmation and we can respond with videos about like adjustments we might make. Um, so it's felt like this really nice, productive conversation that's keeping people's bodies and energy moving. Mm-hmm. It's creating like accountability and schedule and just all these things that are so quick to fly out the window when we can't leave the house. So it's been um, this really like, whole approach to making sure that we're keeping some of the quintessential parts of like why we come to West Coast Swing. It's the community, Mm -hmm. it's the movement, it's the enjoyment of moving your body, it's learning something, staying active in the brain. Um, We're able to kind of facilitate that on lots of different levels for lots of different people. That gets me fired up. It's awesome. Yeah, Yeah. something that we're working on right now that I'm excited about is um, a little bit of a, a course on how to introduce um, the people that you're currently sheltered with to West Coast Swing, hmm. kind of an intro to maybe introducing your family or loved ones to, to West Coast Swing while they're stuck with you inside. Um, and a big portion of what we're trying to create is is that community aspect and, and that feedback loop that you, it would be so easy for us to get shut off from right now. So having having a group of people who are all working on the same things and encouraging people to, to share their videos and giving Courtney and I the opportunity to um, give feedback through our Q and A's and, and guided practice sessions has been a really fun experiment at this stage because we're on week two of offering these classes essentially. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and really a really cool way of connecting with some dancers that we've known for a long time. Um, but this is an entirely new way of, of working with them and communicating with them. So it's definitely some exciting stuff developing out of it. Yeah, that's one of my questions for you is how do you view carrying this on in the long run? I know the life of a traveling dance professional is busy with a lot of travel and just a lot of time spent on the road. So how do you see yourselves continuing this community building effort and offering these, all these different things that you're offering when, once things get up and running again? That's a really good question. I think this has been the perfect time to devote a lot of focus to getting all of the systems in place that will allow us to continue offering this once travel starts to ramp back up. That being said, the the goal with Movement Lab from the beginning has been creating a way that Courtney and I can be in more than one place at once. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because the, the physical travel aspect of what we do is super important. And the, the connection that we get to have with communities all over the world by being there with them is irreplaceable. Um, and I certainly wouldn't want to replace it, but what I've noticed is how limiting it is to only be able to offer what you can offer when you're there in person. So it's been a huge goal of ours to 
to get this in place and to be able to have a way of interacting with our students and helping our students to, to practice and to learn even when we're not there so that when we choose to not travel, when we choose to take some time away or slow down or, or be more selective, um, we're still able to have that contact and that impact with people. Mm-hmm. So I think there'll be a gradient and it will allow us to, to sustain our dance life a little bit longer because we won't have to be on the road 45 weekends out of the year mm-hmm. and unless we want to be, <laughs> yeah. but, but using this, this kind of platform and using all of the amazing, wonderful tools that technology is offering to us now, I think is going to help us to have a wider impact, be in more places at once, stay connected with our students more often and also have to physically travel a little bit less often. Mm-hmm. Although I do have this vision of, like I wanted to be mindful of what days I was choosing to share yoga because I wanted to allow people to build it into a regular practice. So with self-care Sundays, I was having this image of like, you know what the best time would be to do a restorative yoga practice is after awards on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be nice? Like <laughs> in that break between awards and dinner plans, just to like go in a side ballroom and everyone gets to breathe together and, you know, results and whatnot. You know, Sunday's full of emotions at a dance event. Like how beautiful would that be for all, you know, for us to join together and do a quick little movement flow. And, you know, Wednesdays are usually not a travel day in particular. So I think we have lots of hopes for how this will just continue to inspire us and allow us to connect more with students and how we'll be able to pretty seamlessly integrate it once we're back on the road again. And something that's been fun, even when we were really traveling a lot at the end of last year and the beginning of this year, um, that's when we really started recording a lot of content for, for Movement Hub and for our Instagram page in particular. And something that I loved about that was that the backdrop was always a little bit different. There's videos of us um, dancing in Alyssa Glanville's living room. There's videos <laughs> um, of us. It's called The Babe Cake. The Babe Cake, right. <laughs> um, which I love what they're doing with their like live streaming, social dances and everything like that. Yeah. So cool. Um, and there's, there's videos of us from when we were down in Redlands training at the Schumer's Dance Center. And this kind of ever-changing backdrop of all of the different studios and, and, and places where we learn and where we create and where we practice. And um, we have some recorded from, I think, Ben and Cameo's studio and um, from here in, in our studio, um, the Dance Annex in San Antonio. And we're kind of really getting accustomed to recording on the road. Right now we're much more in place, which allows for certain things like a, a backdrop and, and uh, a little bit more lighting. But as we were kind of putting together our um, equipment for for videoing and starting to try to up the production value of what we offer as we moved into some more of the the paid models that we're offering now, um, I definitely kept an eye on on portability of microphone equipment, of lighting, of um, how easily can I pack this tripod (laughs) and how is it things like that so that we can continue to to offer these things and, and record when we're on the road so i'm excited about the level of portability of, of what we put together so far yeah 
Yeah, for sure. Next time you're driving from California to Texas and you go through Utah, do a yoga yes. session right in a national park. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That would yes. be amazing. I, uh, we just did the arches in I saw. February. We were out there for the webs. And I did a, uh, a wheel pose, which is like a version of a bridge underneath an arch. It was awesome. And then I almost felt like I was going to fall. And I was a little scary. <laughs> it was a little scary. It was a little scary. And then I was like, I'm going to do mountain pose. That's a nice one, huh? <laughs> Yeah, that's amazing. My Instagram story, that part. It's, it's enshrined. Okay. <laughs> what I like about what you both are doing is, well, one, because I know I've talked to you both about this before, about Movement Lab and how you wanted to build it. So it's not something that's kind of made up in response to what's happening, but rather something that you're building up because you have more time because of what's happening. Um, but also that it is something that people can do regularly to stay in touch with you, to stay in touch with their own dancing. I feel like a lot of the opportunities popping up now, they're all great. I wonder how many of them are going to be sustained because they're either one-offs or they're kind of unique uh, offerings that are substituting what we've lost. And I feel like what you guys are adding is adding to what we would normally have anyway, if that makes sense. So I really like that you're doing that for our community. Oh, I do have one thing to say on this topic, by the way. Um, I love everyone's offerings, and I think they're amazing. And I'm hearing a lot of students overwhelmed with, like, there's so much great content out there. Like, I have access to it all, not limited by travel. Um, I have been starting to do, like, a silly movement practice every time we go into the studio. And I worry that everyone is only focusing on technique right now, Mm. that they're, like, setting up in their dance space. They're like opening up to their favorite instructor and they're getting like technique and drills and blah, blah. And that's amazing. But we have to recognize that like we've lost that expression of dancing, you know, at eight o'clock at night during our weekly dance or like three in the morning at a dance event, right? Like these kind of like uninhibited, like I'm just going to let the music take over, kind of fall in love with movement, just let go and give in. And while I love people's focus on technique and growth and all of that. I just think it's super important that people still allow themselves to like give in and release and enjoy movement just for movement's sake. So um, there's going to be some offerings from Movement Lab for sure to make sure that like that's also a really big part of everyone's dance practice. It's not just the drilling part of things, but it's a fun part too. I have some good video of you getting loose from today's practice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I put on some Stevie Nicks today um, because I was supposed to see her at Bottle Rock this year um, and uh, that got canceled. So um, I rocked out of Stevie Nicks today. It was great. And apparently Sean got video. So <laughs> stay tuned. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, sorry, that, was my little, that was my little thing that I've been just kind of becoming aware of as well. So yeah. yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, I've actually, so in light of things being closed here, the dance studio where I teach a weekly class shut down and I've been doing virtual classes and we've been doing drills each week. And it's funny you mentioned that because I feel like over the last week or two, I've noticed that in my own students. I mean, it's really easy to already feel kind of detached from the dance, Mm -hmm. right? You're doing these drills kind of by yourself and you're like, what for? I'm not dancing. I don't even know if I'm doing it right because I haven't danced with a partner to see if that's really working. And um, so last week I did something similar where just at the end I threw on like a musicality, like let's just put on music and like dance to it. Yeah. Because people yeah. are 
so focused on doing their drills to whatever, work on their weight transfers or their posture or whatever, and losing the fun of it. You know, we're right, already, yeah, we're, we're kind of losing like, so we're kind of losing the why of doing it. And I think that's partly the why in terms of application to social dancing. And I think it's partly why in terms of what you said, Courtney, the joy of doing it, of connecting to the music and having fun. So I think that's great. I look forward to seeing what you guys put out there. Well, that's, it's interesting though, because this does provide an opportunity for West Coast swing dancers to really take ownership of their individual movement and, and to start to work on feeling like a dancer. And this is something that Courtney and I have kind of discovered over the last little bit working, working at choreo camp and working with our students in our, in our movement lab intensives is that so many West coast swing dancers don't identify as a dancer. Mm-hmm. They identify as a West coast swing dancer and a partner dancer. And as soon as you take away that partner, it's kind of like, well, now I don't know what to do. Something I can totally relate to because I started in partner dancing. And this is just a really excellent opportunity to work on how you can get into that completely um, free state of being musical and, and feeling like you're connected with the music as an individual. And so many aspects of West Coast Swing can feel like dancing when done individually. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big part of what we've been trying to bring with, with Movement Lab and with some of those individual drills and with the yoga practice that we're offering is really connecting to your individual facility and your individual body and your individual movement and then let every, letting everything else flow from that. If you feel super comfortable with yourself, it just opens up doors for, for so much when you do connect with a partner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you think will be the impact of this outbreak, this shutdown, stay at home, cancellation of events? What changes are bubbling up now that you think are going to affect our community in the long run? In a a positive light, I think that this is going to be a metamorphosis for the West Coast swing community in, in some really good ways. And one of those ways is pushing more dancers to have more of a presence in creating content, um, not just competing. Mm-hmm. And I think so much of our, our community has been so focused around the circuit of West Coast Swing events and in particularly um, competing. And I think competition is such a great tool for sharpening yourself, um, of course, and it's a great motivator. But what is really interesting right now is that it's completely removed and it's all about either learning or about creating some kind of content, whether it's an online class or it's streaming your social dances or it's creating um, some kind of way of people um, dancing and moving in unison together via Zoom video chat or bringing live music to that. It's all about just creating just because we love what we do and just because we want to connect with each other, because we want to dance, because we want to move. And I'm really excited about how that's going to have a ripple effect going forward in in our world. Um, as dance events start to resume, 
hopefully there is still an emphasis on people saying, I really want to um, continue to just put stuff out there just because I enjoy it. And that's already started to have a trickle in effect before this with so many dancers doing collaborations, video projects. You started to see that happen a lot over the last year or two and um, online, online platforms um, coming into effect. And I think this is just pushing it to that next level where West Coast Swing is more than just competitive events. It's way more than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, what this kind of like pause has created for myself and for a lot of other people in our circle is a real return to um, mindfulness and about the power of choice and kind of one-pointed focus. Um, I feel like there's been a lot of talk of like, um, I can't wait to see you again and I can't wait to hug you and I should have never taken that for granted. And um and combined with like having a lot more time and we don't have the boundaries of have to hop on an airplane. I think all those things are going to hopefully allow people to stay a little bit more present and checked in when they're at an event. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's easy to show up an event and just kind of be like salmon swimming upstream. Like you're just ping ponging from um, Jack and Jill to a room party to I got to do this and I got to blah, blah, blah. Um, Instead of like, you know, being presented with choice. Like I have so many hours in the day. How do I want to curate my time spent? You know, do I, do I have to enter that Jack and Jill or is today going to be about like sitting down with my girlfriend that I haven't seen and we're going to spend the time together. You know, um, I think just being aware of choice, mindfulness, all that be a really beautiful addition to this already outstanding community. That's my hope. Yeah. I do think a lot of people have been, reflecting upon what's important. Um, Mm -hmm. It's ironic because on the one hand, we've lost a lot, but on the other hand, we've gained a lot of time and space. Mm -hmm. So I think I'm seeing a lot of the community really returning to a passion for the dance, not just Mm -hmm. dance events, but the dance and the community. And I think, I think a lot of these opportunities that are popping up to engage people around the dance are great because like you said, they're, they're kind of, making people think about how they want to spend their time and how they want mm-hmm. to engage with our community. So I hope you're right. And that'll be something that sticks when we all start coming back together again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I feel like we should make like a little shoe box and like bury it, you know, a little time capsule. <laughs> time capsule yeah. <laughs> Messages to ourselves. Yeah, people, I oh that. yeah. I remember the first time I got a computer and like emailed me like, I'm going to send an email to myself and be like, dear Courtney. <laughs> Do you still have the email? (laughs) No, but it is uh, my email address at the time was blonde twirl at (laughs) AOL.com. I was going to say, was it AOL or like Prodigy or something? Yeah. Um, (laughs) Excellent. Well, this episode can serve as that little time capsule that we can revisit in a year and see. Um, Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, maybe I'll do that. A year from now, where are we at after the pandemic? Yes. Well, thank you both for taking time to sit with me and share your own thoughts and experiences. I'm really excited to see what else you guys produce through Movement Lab and and these other online offerings that you've been putting together. Thanks again for taking the time to chat with me. I hope you guys do all right for the next few weeks hanging out. You too, Eric. Thank you. It was really nice getting to talk to you and see you and connect. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a great conversation. Yeah, thank you for creating this project and you know allowing it to feed us during this time as well. Mm-hmm. So, kudos to you. My pleasure. Thanks so much.
I really admire how thoughtful Sean and Courtney are. I love how Courtney will really go with her heart and instinct and how Sean is strategic in how he approaches the business. I'm excited to see how they build out their offerings with Movement Lab. I'm excited to see how they build out their offerings with Movement Lab. If you haven't experienced their teaching in either West Coast Swing or yoga, be sure to check them out. Courtney is doing online yoga classes on Sunday and Wednesday evenings on Facebook. You can follow Movement Lab on Instagram at at your underscore movement underscore lab and check out what they have to offer on Patreon at patreon.com slash your movement lab. Again, I'll share links in the footnotes to all these opportunities. There is a multitude of other opportunities to continue learning and studying online. This is merely a sample. So if you want to see all that's happening, Ben Morris has started a Facebook group called Online West Coast Swing Opportunities, and Babak Shakiri has started a site to compile virtual learning resources. I've got both of those links in the footnotes for you as well. And don't forget to please share your story with me. I will post instructions for contacting me on Facebook and on my website at thenakedtruthwcs.com slash COVID. In the meantime, how are you doing? How are you staying connected to the dance during this time? How are you adapting to the change in lifestyle and the circumstances we're facing? Share your thoughts with me and your fellow listeners. You can post a comment on our website, you can respond to our posts on Facebook, or you can share your thoughts in our discussion group on Facebook. You can also email me at thenakedtruthwcs.com or through our Facebook page. To get the latest news, you can like our page on Facebook, subscribe to our weekly email newsletter, follow us on Instagram at thenakedtruthwcs, and follow us on Twitter. That's right. It's still up. It's still happening. At Naked Truth WCS. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. I've recently made all of our episodes from the very first one available for you to catch up, re-listen, or share with someone new. If you've enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to leave us a review on Facebook. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please rate us and give us a review on Apple Podcasts. More importantly, please be safe, healthy, and well. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Eric. And I'm Courtney. And I'm Sean. And And that's that's the Naked Truth. In this episode, I share three... What's up, love? I know, I hear you, and you're talking while I'm trying to record. Nora? 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 Thank you.